The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. I'm going to preach to you. You ready? All right, come on, stand up on your feet. Put your hands together for our worship team. Thanks, bro. All right. Take your Bibles. Turn to Joshua. Chapter 5. Joshua chapter 5. We're going to read verse 1. Through 12 on this afternoon service. Are you ready? You'll be reading from the New International, pardon me, New King James Version. Joshua chapter 5, verse 1. So it was when all the king of the Amorites who were on the west side of the Jordan and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan before the children of Israel until we had crossed over, that there heart melted and there was no spirit in them any longer. So in other words they saw the miracle and they're like oh snap, God's with these guys we better not mess with this these people have God and it's hard to fight against God alright verse 2 at that time the Lord said to Joshua make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time So Joshua made a flint knife for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt were males, who were males. All the men of war had died in the wilderness on the way after they'd come out of Egypt. For all the people who came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they had, did not obey the voice of the Lord to whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land to which the Lord had sworn to their fathers that he would give us a land flowing with milk and honey. Verse 7. Then Joshua circumcised their sons whom he raised up in their place for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. All right, ready? Verse 8. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their places in the camp till they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, this day I've rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. And they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. Then manna ceased on the day that they had eaten the produce of the land, and the children of Israel no longer ate manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. Let's pray. Lord, come and mess us up today. 
with truth. Bust out the flint knife of the heavenlies. Release the sword of the spirit in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Praise the Lord. How unusual. I, I don't think I've seen the word circumcised so frequently in one place. Probably, I don't know how many times it's listed there. I didn't count. And uh, generally, you don't hear an off, uh, a, a, a message on circumcision, but th this is a powerful word as we move along in the series called Possessing the Land. Say this. We say, Lord, I'm going to possess the land. Oh, come on. Say it like you mean it. One, two, three. Lord, I'm going to possess the land. Amen. Now, if you've been with us on the midweek services, we've preached a series of messages, and they are recorded, and they are available on the on the web. That's uh, casealaska.com. You can go there and click listen to services live. In fact, we've got some people on right now, no doubt. Also, they're recorded and you can get the podcast. So podcast is a way of um, getting material out, sound bites, if you will, to people so they can listen to messages and information. And there's all kinds of podcasts. I mean, you can get a podcast on on, uh, on, on raising chickens if you want to. There, there's all kinds of podcasts out there. There's, come on, if you want information on how to do a better vegetable garden, there's a podcast for it. But there's also lots of preaching out there and teaching out there. And so we have a podcast, and you can go to the website, watch the tutorial on how to download the podcast, and you can get all of these messages that are preached. We don't sell CDs. We don't do tapes anymore. How many of you know tapes are pretty much relics now? All right, so <laughs> it's MP3s and MPEG-4 files, and you can get them just all for free. Freely we've received, freely we give. You go online, you can download those, you can listen to them right from the web page. My son is uh, uh, a great listener of messages. He says, I'm his favorite preacher. He listens to sermons while he goes to sleep. At any rate, not last Wednesday, but the two Wednesdays before, I preached uh, messages that were very uh, impactful to me. And as I was uh, informed by others, by text and phone calls of people calling the church, many people got impacted by those. And in those messages, I talked about a hedge of protection, how the, the enemy roars around like a, prowl, uh, like a prowling, roaring, prowling lion, seeking whom he may devour. We talked about that and how to have protection around your family, around you as a man of God, as a woman of God. Ask this question, are you hedged about? And I wasn't talking about green shrubs. I'm talking about the protection that comes from God and how to actually build rightly so that you don't get destroyed. I've seen many, many lives destroyed. I don't like seeing it. It grieves over, uh, I grieve over it, yet I've seen people destroyed, restored. And for that, we're, we give glory. My wife and I, we... We do spiritual autopsies, if I could say it that way. Sad enough, but when somebody wipes out, I like finding out actually how that happened. Why? So I can learn and make sure I never go that way. And so that I can teach you. And those, those messages were very powerful messages indeed. If I was to do a third part, I'd probably use this one to add to it. Part three. But in fact, it's part six, I believe, of this series called Possessing the Land, right out of the book of Joshua. Let's look, at the, let's look at the text. People have crossed over the Jordan. They're on the western side. They've been traveling for 40 years in the desert. Their parents are all dead. In fact, God made sure of that because they didn't obey the voice of the Lord, as the text said. They didn't trust God. The giants of the Canaan's land were bigger than their God. 
and they were terrified, and so they forfeited, they aborted the plan of God for their lives, but their children get to go in. That's an exciting thing, and so they cross over the Jordan miraculously, and fear falls on the people of Canaan, as the text said. Now, that's important because God was going to put them in a place of great vulnerability. God is going to put them in a place where they needed some protection because they're going to be lying around healing for three plus days. Look, just think about this for a second. God tells them, you're going to go in, you're going to possess the land, you're going to, you're going to go and you're going to take out the inhabitants of the, of the promised land, you're going to dispossess them. So they cross over and they know they're facing these giant walled cities, Jericho being the first one. The first thing they, they do is basically end up getting wounded and lying around. How many of you know as, you're, as a fighting soldier, probably not a real good idea to do circumcision on the day you're going into battle? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, it's like, you know, that's probably not a good plan. You know, you're not going to be functioning at your top potential. Yeah, you're going to be basically undone. And that's exactly what God has. He has them lying around getting healed for three days when you think that they should be going right off to war. But there's this whole timing thing, which is amazing to me. God has them cross over the Jordan for four days before the Passover. Now, the Passover is a specific day. God knows exactly what that day is. And they're moving close to it four days before. Then they go through the Jordan at flood stage. Miracle power. They cross over the other side. They do these memorials, as we talked about. Memorials are important. We need to build them and teach our kids about them, what God has done for us. And then he has them circumcised for three days, bringing them right to the day. According to Scripture, the day they're supposed to celebrate the Passover. I mean, God's got a perfect timing. And he has to put this fear on, on Canaan's land so that he could protect his people. You know why? Because if they didn't have fear, they'd just run over and kill them all, right? But they're, they're, they're terrified. They're terrified. They're shut up in their little city, and they're terrified because God is with these particular people. And the men born in the wilderness were circumcised. The men born in the wilderness are circumcised. So in other words... They weren't circumcised before that. The text says that he's going to do it a second time, but really he's talking about the nation. When he says a second time, he's not asking to circumcise them twice. It's the, the children born of the parents were not circumcised. And you have to ask yourself, knowing, knowing the law, knowing the covenant of Abraham, as a Jew, why on God's green earth had they not obeyed God and the commandment of circumcising their kids? You have to ask that question. Because that's weird. Come on, as a Jew, as, a, as, a, as, a, as an Israelite, and a father, and they didn't circumcise their sons, why not? It's a, it, it shouts to us. It's a declaration. He said, what's it, what's it a declaration? It's a declaration that their parents were rebellious. Look at your notes. The fact that they were not circumcised showed the rebellion of their parents. Rebellion as a sin of witchcraft, verse 5 right there, talks about how they weren't circumcised. Why didn't the parents do the deal? And you can't, you can't look at this and not think about Moses. You know, Moses, the burning bush, has a burning bush encounter with God, kicks his shoes off, his holy ground. God tells him, hey, I've, I've heard the cry of my people Israel. I've come down to deliver them. And I've selected you, Moses, 
Moses argues with God, say, I can't speak, so on and so forth. He becomes a deliverer. He goes on the way to Egypt before he actually brings the rod of God and, and the plagues against Egypt. He's on his way there. Now, Pastor Alex preached on this just recently. It's one of the most obscure passages of Scripture found in the book of Exodus. He's on the way. Zipporah is with him. His kids are with him. And it says, while Moses is on the way, the Lord sought to kill him. Now, why would God hear the cry of his people Israel, raise up a deliverer, and then decide to kill the deliverer? Because there's things that you must do in your life. You have to follow through on, on God's word. You must follow through. And we understand that the reason that God was going to kill him was he had some things undone, and namely, his son was not circumcised. And so when God sought to kill him, Zipporah took a flint knife also, circumcised her son, threw the foreskin at, his, at, at Moses' feet and said, Thou art a, a bridegroom of blood to me, is what he says. And then it says, The Lord let him go. And when I read this, I can't help but think about that. It's a sign of the covenant. I mean, it's a tremendous thing. And by the parents not doing that, it was showing their tremendous rebellion towards God. Their not being circumcised also showed that their parents wanted to go back to Egypt. And they're always murmuring, always complaining. Oh, you brought us out here to kill us. Oh, Moses. Oh, were there no graves in Egypt that you had to find graves out here? Oh, Moses. Like I've said in all the other services, it just reminds me of us occasionally. And so these children of the rebellious parents are are now being circumcised. And, and I have to say that it also reminds me of people that I've seen in church for years. People that have come, they receive the Lord, but they get offended or they don't really want to obey God. They don't, you know, they get offended by taking a tithing offering or a message, you know, a tithing uh, message or the fact that we even receive tithes. You, money's a big one. It usually offends people. And, and on and on and on. We start talking about fornication, how fornicators go to hell. I mean, that's really where they go. Amen. And it's, no desi it's not our desire for you, to, if you're fornicating, to go there. But, I mean, you can't live right for God. Hello, this is the word of God. So we love people. Amen. We love all kinds of people. And we, we don't try to control people. But we're going to preach the word and let God just touch you. And it's up to you whether you're going to obey or not. Just like it's up to me if I'm going to serve God or not. All of us have to serve God. If you don't serve God, well, that's up to you. You can get the consequences of it. But he wants you to be blessed. Amen. He wants you to possess the land. And we've seen people that just get so irritated, bent out of shape because something didn't happen for them. Or, oh, how dare you preach on that? Or, you know, how, how can you talk about homosexuality is wrong? Well, because the Bible says it's wrong. That's why we're, gonna, we're just preaching the Bible. You get, you're going to get mad or you talk to God about it. It's not my fault. I'm just preaching truth. But then they leave. And they, their, their kids, they, the, the rebellion that they have, they let it be passed on to their children. It's a grievous thing. And that's, that's what happened. They wanted to go back to Egypt. And the circumcision was seen as a rolling away of the reproach of Egypt. Reproach, the word for reproach, is disgrace or shame. And so, as it is with us, God gets us out of Egypt, but we still got Egypt in us. 
It's the same process that he brings us through to bring the New Testament application. And they celebrated Passover, and Exodus 12.48 says you can't celebrate Passover unless you're circumcised. And then the manna ceased, and they could now eat the produce of the land. There's a change of provision, which I'm sure they were overjoyed about. Because if you, you know, I was thinking as I read this, I, and I don't know, it's kind of strange, you know, the Lord talks to me in unusual ways. But over the recent weeks, just between me and Jesus, I've noticed that my dog eats the same food every day. And the same food from last year also. My dog's about seven years old and has been eating the same food for seven years. I think there might have been a change at some point. She eats the same food, and I thought, man, it must be boring. You know, I mean, maybe dogs don't think that way, but I, but I thought about people, and I thought about how they live their doldrum life. Many people live in a place of dead religion, eating the same poison every day. <laughs> God talks to me in unusual ways. Eating the same poison, stuck with the same kibble and bits that they've been eating for, for, with no victory, no power, no authority, no zeal, no joy. At his right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. And there's people that just settle for kibbles and bits. Can you imagine eating manna for 40 stinking years? I mean, manna, but it'd be awesome at first. God never intended them for to have manna for 40 years. His intention was an 11-day journey. 11 days. It's 11 days from <laughs> Egypt to the promised land. And by the way, the, the God's intention was not just to bring them into the promised land. His intention was to bring them into the bond of covenant, Mount Horeb, get the law, and then move in and possess the land. Oh, no, no, they didn't want to do that, though. They, 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 they didn't want to believe God. And so there they are, eating kibbles and bits for 40 years. Or Alpo, or whatever. Has anybody ever ate the same thing over and over and over and over? We fast, and when we fast, frequently we use this stuff. It's called Master Cleanser. It's uh, grade B maple syrup, purified water, lemon juice, and cayenne pepper in proper proportions that my lovely wife makes for me. But I'm going to tell you after two weeks of that, I just don't feel like drinking that stuff anymore. You know? I just, you know, I just, I, I get out and it's like, really? Hallelujah. And just put that thing back and just guzzle it. And sometimes my throat closes because it just doesn't want to taste the, the, the grade B maple syrup lemonade anymore. It just doesn't want to do it. And so I alter the, the flavor just a little bit, make it a little sweeter, make it not as sweet, get rid of some of the cayenne pepper, put a little bit more cayenne pepper. I mix it up because it's just, it's dull. Can you imagine the joy that they had when manna was gone and they got to eat some bread? Huh? Anybody? Anybody ever fast? You, you can smell McDonald's through the wall, you know what I'm about? I've had a whole Happy Meal through my nose. I told myself on the other service that I'll tell you, there's times when the Lord allows me to get french fries in the middle of a liquid fast. But I only get to lick the salt off of them. Praise the Lord. <laughs> My wife's like, that's disgusting. I make a little pile. I try to hide them, you know. I make a little pile of licked... 
There are some people that just refuse to move forward into all that God has. Oh, they just stay stuck. There's a place of joy, amen, that God will release to you. There's more than kibbles and bits. I think they were very excited to eat that bread that day. All right, God's speaking to us. God desires, now I'm glad you were laughing because now I'm going to, I'm going to hit you now. Are you ready? All right. Brace yourself. Can you bring in the flint knives, ushers? Praise God. In the spirit. Watch this now. God desires, here's the point, New, New Testament application, all jokes aside, New Testament application is this. God desires to bring you to a place where he can remove the things that are hindering you from fulfilling your purpose. He wants to bring us to a place this, this afternoon where we can begin to deal with the things that are holding us back from possessing the land. So what are you talking about? As I said, we do autopsies, and I've seen in lives, I've seen people absolutely destroyed because they refuse to deal with the bondages in their thinking, their mindsets. They refuse to deal with the flesh. They refuse to deal with things in their life, and they think it's okay just because judgment hadn't come down on them yet that everything's just okay. They can live however they want to, name the name of Jesus, and continue to eat their kibbles and bits, and nothing will go wrong. God wants to heal you. God wants to bring you to a place where you're not going to derail yourself. You say, I'm not going to derail myself. Really? How do you know? Because here's the thing I've found out. I've seen people that have served God for 40 years get wiped out. I've seen people that love God with all their hearts, so, so it would seem, just absolutely throw it all to the wind in adultery. Just destroy their lives. Not me in my house. We ain't doing that. He said, well, how do you know you're not doing that? Because daily, we're going to seek God as a lifestyle to say, Lord, if there's anything that needs to be cut out of my life, New Testament application is you need to have your heart circumcised. Well, it's wonderful to pray to receive Jesus. Amen. You should do that. But it doesn't stop there. You've got to get discipled. You've got to grow in the knowledge of God. You've got to grow in intimacy with God. You've got to grow in your fellowship and your prayer time. Amen. Amen. I think the reason that the, 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 the Canaanites didn't leave the promised land. Look, if I was in Jericho and I saw that, the Jordan part at flood stage and two million people cross, I'd just be like, honey, we need to move. It's time to go. Pack your bags. Kids, it's time to go. Hey, what are you doing? We're, we're leaving. Why? God's coming. What do you mean God's coming? Did you see that? Everybody see us. Look. We're like, <sighs> all these people can be like, the jig's up. It's over. No need to fight. I submit. Amen. I would move or join them or something. I think the reason they didn't leave is because they like their sin. They're deceived. God wants us to, to deal with those things that hinder us from fulfilling our purpose. Say, so what are you talking about? I'm talking about the flesh. He wants to help you to cut away the flesh in your life. And the flesh represents a number of things. Influence of past relationships is one. So what are you talking about? We have seen, and I'll use a... Uh, female for an example we've seen women who have been in relationships that are very abusive 
So the guy does not treat her like the princess that she is. He abuses her verbally, maybe even physically, certainly emotionally. And she stays with him. I, I've had people in my office that have said, I just can't leave. I, I, I'm thinking, okay, so he's, he's sleeping with the neighbor. He beats you. He abuses you over and over. And why, why can't you leave? I, I, for the longest time, I'd be like, what's wrong? But in, but in their heart, it was like this love-hate thing. But I love him. Oh, wow. You see, because inside their lives, inside their heart, inside their person, there's a place that's very broken. And usually it comes from relationships, the primary ones with mom and dad, siblings. So it might be like this. Dad's an alcoholic. He comes back and he just beats up on mom and he's terrible to the kids and, and they grew up hiding underneath the bed. And, and, and I'm not making up stories. People have grown up like this. And then as they grow up and they eventually come out of the house, like two pieces of Velcro, fuzz side, hook side, they're just drawn to that. That's normal. That, that's, that's a normal life of drama and abuse. And, and when somebody is like that, comes out of that kind of... Now, I, I, had, I had all kinds of things that needed to be cut away like that. I grew up in a divorced family. Parents divorced when I was seven. I had all kinds of things happen to me. Constant upset. Constant drama. And then you know, grow up. You know, you're 18 years old. I just would create my own drama because it just made me feel like I was at home. <laughs> I was this constant roller coaster of torment and emotion. Living by, living by my feelings. And so there'd just be moments like, ah, oh, what fun! Ooh. Ah. Ooh. I mean, my whole life was like that. I got set free from the roller coaster from hell. Anybody else? My life now is just really straight up, actually, mostly. Oh, there's sorrow and things like that, but not a life of drama. I can't stand drama. I mean, I just, I'm allergic to it. And yet, the Lord calls us into ministry. Where many just want to live on a roller coaster and eat kibbles and bits and expect everything's okay. God wants to set you free today from the things that maybe you're in there that cause you to ride the roller coaster from hell. For... That woman and that story, which is, there's no name to it. I've heard it and seen it many, many times. She had to get healed, and she had to come to an awareness of who she was in Christ, that God really did love her, and that she was worthy of so much more than that, and the self-fulfilling prophecy of her self-hatred and a sense of, what, well, really what the enemy would whisper to her is that she had no worth and no value. And if she had worth, listen, this is the logic that happens and people make vows in their heart. If she, if she was worthy to be loved, then her father never would have done that. So of course she's not worthy to be loved because there's no way that her father would have done that if it was true. There's no way her father would have abandoned her. So then she must be some subhuman person that's worthy of being beat up, beat up and cursed at all her life. 
And, and you wouldn't, when you talk to somebody, they would not consciously tell you that's the decision that they've made, but in their heart, that's what's true. And when you get through counseling and you work through all that, you begin to uncover the lie. You uncover the lie. And then through the sword of the word, you're able to cut that thing away. The flesh, that which was hindering her from walking in fulfillment, or him, I might say, and living a life of joy in marriage and happy family, all of those things were hindering her or, or him. The same is true for, for men. All of us. Influence of past relationships is what the flesh represents. Look, you need to cut some of that stuff away. Attitudes. Pride. and Racism. I, I just saw a, a post on Facebook uh, that was a, uh, it's an Islamic program. And it's these kids talking about Jews and, and the little puppet, you know, the little Muslim puppet that's there. And, and it translates the whole thing about how they're basically teaching kids to just shoot and kill and hate Jews. And so you have these little kids that are like, oh, yeah, I like to kill Jews, you know. What? It's pretty hard to have a relationship with somebody who wants to kill you. Those things are passed on. Some of you have attitudes of racism. I've seen it with native people. And it grieves me. I've had people, th I've had people actually say that natives aren't as intelligent as, as other, other races. You know, so that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Respond differently. I found with Minister Tim, as he really helped me uh, understand the, the, the culture of, of Alaska, and Carol, you've helped me too. It's just, it's, it's just very different. Minister Tim, we talk, we have meetings. He's not going to be the first to jump up and, and, you know, put his opinion right out right away. There's, there's, there's a, a, a time of soaking and processing. And when he speaks, that man's got something to say. You know, it's so oftentimes with Westerners and... Um, you know, the Gussics. <laughs> that, that, that Gussic attitude that, you know, you're smart because you have the question, you got the answer right now, right now, right now. That, that, that's a cultural thing. And I, I, I've watched these tremendous ideas and wisdom come from, I just wisdom I didn't have. Minister Tim, that guy, that guy blows my mind. I mean, you just be like... It's going to rain. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's not going to rain. Yeah, starts raining. I'm like, wow, that's kind of trippy. He's all, fish. <laughs> really were. Here, here's fish, you know. Until you sit in, this, in a steam room and let the power of God come after you're doing your third cycle of steaming. That's for somebody. And there's attitudes that are a picture that need to be coming. You need to get rid of your attitude. You got a bad attitude. And maybe you got it from mom or dad. Where, I don't know where we got it from, but you need to get rid of it. Amen. Poor choices is, represents the flesh. It needs to all be cut off. Self-centeredness. Fill your notes in. Demonization. I've preached to you about that. Other messages. 
If you find yourself given to rage where you black out and you don't know actually what happened during the time when you were angry, you have a, a, uh, you're being manipulated by demon spirit, I can say with confidence. Okay, God, God doesn't want you to have that. You need to get that thing cut off. Can you say amen? How do you do that? We must repent and live a repentant lifestyle. Repent and live a repentant lifestyle. You say, well, how do we do that? Look, there used to be times when at churches you just had altar calls where people would come and seek the Lord. Would you get Minister Micah for me, please? We'd just come and seek the Lord at the end of service and let the, let the message get pressed down in your heart. Those altar times have generally been lost. We're going to have one here in a second. Service will be over very shortly. But how do, how, do you, how do you live free from places in your heart, in your life, that are going to hold you back from your destiny and your purpose from possessing the land? How's that, how's that happen? Oh, sweet Hannah, I didn't see you. Would you come to the piano, please? It's my daughter, Hannah. Everybody, praise the Lord. You live a repentant lifestyle. And when God begins to put your, his finger on things inside you, you don't shirk him off and, and, and shut your heart down and ignore it or just white-knuckle it. How many of you know if I'm white-knuckling it? I, I, I've preached messages, and uh, nobody's moving right now, but, but I've preached messages where people have gotten up and just gone to the bathroom for a prolonged period of time so I can move on from the point that I'm on because they just can't handle it anymore. It's so convicting that they just... And I, and I, and I know... They got up and like, shut up. Like if you're feeling right now like you want me to shut up, it's probably because you need healing. Go ahead and smile at me. Shut up. I want to go eat. I want to leave. I don't want to listen to you. In our new building, I'm going to have speakers in the restroom. <laughs> and in the lobby. So you won't be able to get away. We're to live as a covenant people. It's a sign of the covenant of circumcision. But for us, the sign of the covenant for us is baptism. It's a sign of the covenant as a command. If you haven't been baptized, you need to be baptized. It's a command. If you've never been baptized in water, you should get baptized if you know the Lord. If you don't know him, and you know, don't, don't go getting baptized because that's, that's not going to get you into heaven any more than... You know, I mean, there's people that'll split hell wide open with baptismal waters dripping off their face. Just getting baptized doesn't get you into heaven. It's by believing on the Lord Jesus, repenting of your sin, believing that he died on a cross and rose again for the grave. That's what causes your sin to be atoned for and removed and wiped out. And then you get baptized, an outward sign of what happened on the inside. Going underneath the water in death, coming up a picture of resurrection. Amen. In fact, going through the Jordan is the same thing. It's a picture of death and a picture of resurrection. The same with the stones. Remember the memorial stones? Picture of death, the stones in the water. Picture of resurrection. The coming out of the water, the stones that came out of the water. So baptism is a picture of the living in covenant with God, but also the Lord's Supper. Amen. Lord's Supper is a declaration of his death and his resurrection to you. 
Look, it's, it's God's desire to bring you into the land, to bring us into the land. But if there's things that are going to block that, I don't know. If I'm in a railroad car and up ahead on the tracks is something that's going to derail me, I would like to radio ahead and say, dude, remove the derailing object. The point is, you're, you're headed towards the things of God. But if there's something that's going to derail you, wouldn't you want, don't you want God to show you what that is? Why would he do that? Because what he reveals, he heals. And so in this moment, would, would, would you just ask God right where you are? Ask him, is there anything in my life that's going to cause me to abort your plan? And if there is, Lord, show me so I can change it. So I can repent. So I can ask you to, to heal me. And that's what I mean by, Lord, bring the knife. Bring it. Cut anything inside of me out. I don't want anything on the inside of me that's going to wipe me out five years from now, ten years from now. And it's, it's, it's a lifestyle of repentance. Can you say amen? And lastly, live in the fullness of the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the power of God to live holy. To overcome those things. To remove the hindrances on our way to the promised land. We need God to speak to us and to heal us. Stand up on your feet. And begin to ask the Lord right now to show you if there be anything in your life that needs to go. And if you find him speaking to you, you get out from where you were standing and come to the front right now. Come on. I've answered my own altar call twice. I'm good now. Praise God. If he spoke to you, you're like, yeah, I got some stuff. You're welcome to the human race. Don't let shame and embarrassment keep you. That's kibbles and bits, right? That's staying in the old place. Come on. I'm going to go into the new place. I'm going to go into the promised land. I'm going to possess the land. Then you got to remove the hindrances. Attitudes. Come on. Ask him to help you. Repent right now. I don't, it doesn't matter what it is. Come on. There's more people that need to be up here. Come on. Come on. As, as Minister Micah leads us, you respond and we're all going to pray. You respond and we're going to pray.
and just talk to God. Come on, ask Him. Those of you that have not responded, well, maybe there's nothing to, nothing there to see. Maybe you don't. Know, maybe he hasn't showed you anything. Maybe there isn't anything right now. But listen, you might wake up tomorrow morning or have a dream in the night and say, "Oh, by the way, there's there's that." This is a lifetime. You live your life this way. Come on, just ask God to to reveal more to you. Ephesians five talks about that which the Spirit makes manifest, makes light. The picture is when the Holy Spirit shows you something that needs to change, as you come to Him, He'll make it light. In other words, darkness goes and He'll change you. Come on, without holiness, no man will see the Lord. Ask God to fill you, touch you, reveal to you. Holy Spirit, Lord, show us. We want to possess the land. We don't want anything to rob us or derail us. We don't want to abort your plan. And so, Lord, this afternoon, we're asking, Lord, that you'd not only reveal to us continually, even the rest of our life, you would show us. But, Lord, even as you have revealed things to us right now, Lord, we repent. Come on, ask God to forgive you. We repent. Or ask God to heal you, Lord. I pray for healing, even for those who've struggled, Lord, of the wounds that have taken place from their father or their mother. I pray healing now in the name of Jesus. Release your healing touch, I pray. Teach them their worth from the word of God. Bring living understanding and revelation to them. Your tremendous love and how deep and how wide, how long and how high is your love for us that nothing can separate us from your love. That you're not a child abuser, you're a loving heavenly father. Lord, even the fathers that didn't rightly model that, I, I pray for healing now. Mothers that might not have modeled what it is to be godly parents, I pray for healing. And I ask you to heal us in such a way that we would then be fathers and, and mothers, as the case is, to, to speak truth and to teach children, Lord, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. That it wouldn't just be some other generation. We would all go in together with our hearts circumcised. Our hearts changed. That we would mortify our flesh. We'd renounce sin, not only repent of it, but renounce it and stop it. And be transformed by your word. Release strength and power for each of us, Lord, to fulfill that which you've called us to. God, we give you praise. Every head bowed, every eye closed, you're not right with God. I want to give you an opportunity to get right with him. If that's you, just pray right out loud. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Holy Spirit, I pray you touch your people right now. Those online, those here, those listening by podcast perhaps. Bless touch and heal in Jesus name Amen
Would you take someone by the hand? Hallelujah. I'm sorry, one more thing. My dear brother with the striped shirt, would you wave at me? Yep, you. Yep, I have a word for you. I've seen this two, th- it's third time now. There's a, there's a real strong call of God on your life. And the Lord has spoken to you. And he's calling you out. Make a way. Part the Red Sea here. Come here, brother. Come here. Quickly come. Lift your hands. Lift your hands. Holy Spirit. word of the Lord. Break off every hindrance, God. Hold them back from fulfilling that which you've called them to. I see you going out and coming in. You've got a heart for people, a pastoral call and a missionary call upon you. You will fulfill it. You will fulfill it. It's not going to be the same as it was in other times and seasons gone by. It's going to be different. And I charge you, by the word of the Lord, I charge you, son, I charge you to fulfill the call of God in your life. I'm going to provide. I'm going to make a way. But to make a way, I'm going to provide. Come on, just lift your hands to Jesus. I didn't preach long. The Lord's touching people all across this place. Just worship him in Jesus. Lord, I stand, I stand in awe, in awe of you, Jesus. Lord, I stand, Lord, I stand. Holy Spirit, touch your people. voices 
that tell you how worthless you are. You hear, you hear voices and even uh, confusion about who you are, the thoughts even about taking your own life. If that's you, you'd like the voices silenced today and you want to be free from that, I want you to come right now and meet me right here, right now. Quickly come right now. Don't wait. Lift your hands where you are. There's another. There's another. Come. Stand here. Lift your hands. There's, there's more. There's more. Come right now. Don't wait. Lift your hands. Come on. Lift your hands. It's breaking today. There's more. There's a couple more here. Come on. You're going to get free today. You're going to get free either that or you can stay in that thing. You can be free today. Come now. Come right now. Right here. Holy Spirit. Come on. Everything you got. Come on. Come on. Lift your voice. There's a couple more. Come.
The enemy's playing for keeps. But God is bigger and stronger. He's healing people, he's touching people. There is one more person. You did not answer the call that I gave. I pray now that you would respond. It's never our desire to embarrass anybody here. But we know the ways. We are not ignorant of the schemes of the evil one. For he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God has come that you might have life and life to the full. Life abundantly. And so if that's you, you know you needed to come because the enemy whispers to you. He speaks to you and tells you it would be better if you were not alive. Hope has left you and you find yourself in a place of despair and hopelessness. If that's you, step out from where you are. Come to the front right now. Last time. Come right now. Come right now. Come right now. I bind and break off every, every assignment. I speak to the demonic power to be broken and I command you to go in the name of Jesus. If that's you, respond now. Come now. We'll wait a moment longer. Sing it again. I'm going to wait just a little bit. Lord, I stand. I stand in. Come now if that's you. Don't wait. Just a moment longer. And we're going to close the service. He said, well, he could do it here. Yeah, that's true. But there's something about saying, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to be free. If that's you, come now. Come right now. All the way to the front. Come. As we worship. name one more time one two three free in Jesus name all of you that God prayed for 
right out loud. Say, I'm free on three. <laughs> One, two, three. I am free. Say it again. I am free. Say it like you mean it. I am free. I didn't see you say it. Come on, you ready? One, two, three. I am free. Top of your lungs. I am free. Come on, put your hands together for Jesus. Take someone by the hand. Mike Sisson, come and close us in prayer. Come on, Jesus. Church. Church. Glory to God. Woo! Come on. Father, I thank you for service today, Lord Jesus. I thank you for what the freedom that you brought to your people. God, I thank you that there are people leaving this place different than they came in. Lord, I pray that it would carry out with them throughout their day, throughout their week, God, that this wouldn't just be a day thing, that it would be a lifestyle thing. Lord God, I pray that you'd multiply everything they have. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them great peace. In Jesus' name, amen. We'll see you tonight, 6 o'clock. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.